1: professional wrestling Uh, i used to like professional wrestling and then while i was waiting for chris i watched nxt uk but anyways it's it's shake the ropes yeah it comes and
0: goes in waves for me Hawkins.
1: i am jeff hawkins he is chris novembrito i watched that world of darkness match and i i just hated myself for a while but that might come up in the lazy river i don't know uh yeah rest in peace to comic artist george perez who had a significant, he died uh, yesterday, Uh, significant uh, influence on my childhood because my dad, when he found I was getting interest in comics, picked up two comic books, Crisis on Infinite Earths 1 and 2. The guy said, hey, these are going to be a big deal. He was correct. Irony is that while George Perez was trying to get rid of multiverses in the DC universe, now Marvel has a movie coming out this weekend all about the multiverse and they want them so they Oh, like to-
0: I, I think we are entering into a new genre of multiverse writing based off of uh what's that everything everywhere all everything at once. all at once yeah yeah like having that be be successful and then this and like also the fact that like the Kind of collective writing trends out of the big studios, like they like time travel stuff. They like it's,
1: alternate reality yep, stuff. Yeah, it's a multiverse because everybody's unhappy with their lives. And no, like well, that. and it
0: also allows you to the, for writing teams to basically hit the proverbial reset yes, button Redcon. whenever they want. Yep, yeah, You can you convince Russo and do the page one rewrite whenever you want. <laughs> Deus uh, ex
1: machina's all over yep, the place, all yeah.
0: over the place, and you get just explained all away by the the multiverse. <laughs> I I am. I'm not thrilled about this cultural trend, Hawkins.
1: No, I'm not. Well, Crisis on Infinite Earths was interesting because this is 1985, I believe, and DC knew they had a problem. So we got
0: this guy to blame, huh?
1: Well, no, no, no. He's the architect. No, no, he tried to fix it. I'm kidding. And then DC later undid all that. Now they have a multiverse again in some ways. But what he, what DC realized is we have a problem because okay, we had Superman fighting in World War II, et cetera, and now we have Superman in the modern age. But we've now, we still have those older, older baby boomer fans who still like that. So we have these comic books that are set on Earth 2, which which Earth 2 was um, always 1944. <laughs> and so World War II was always going on. So you could have these classic Golden Age heroes. And then you had Earth 3, where, where heroes were villains. And then you had, uh, you know, Earth S, which I think was the Charlton heroes, which was This comic book company that they had bought out, which most of those characters later became the influence for the Watchmen. They originally wanted them to be the Watchmen, but they also wanted to use them for Crisis. So basically what George Perez said and and the DC Comics editorial board said was, "Okay, we're going to kill off all these other Earths except the modern Earth. So we have to get rid of, you know, the Superman of the Golden Age. We have to get rid of the Hawkman of the Golden Age, you know, so that we can have all these Silver Age characters. Back, so he tried to fix it, and then, like in 1999, Jeff Johns takes over DC and decides, I liked the multiverse and all these Golden Age characters, let's undo all that crap. <laughs> because they had tried to reboot again by killing all the Silver Age characters off, but the problem was they replaced them with all these characters that nobody was interested in, uh, with a lot of uh let's see, casting for type, I will say, so as I don't get in trouble, but they found that those characters were not as popular as the other ones, so they decided to bring back a multiverse so we could have all these characters again. Uh, yeah, it's just, I do not like multiverse either, but I also don't like science fiction a lot, Chris.
0: Well, okay, I like science fiction. Uh, th- th- this is not to say I like all science fiction, Um, I, I but you know, I, I do generally like science fiction. I, I guess Hawkins... Much like wrestling, I just want—I don't enjoy hate watching stuff.
1: Yeah, I want anymore. Good story I, 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 I right. That's
0: I, I, I maybe may, and there was a period of time where the cathartic hate watch—the you know proverbial throw the popcorn at the screen watch of wrestling, or you know like this this year Star Trek Picard's been like unbelievably bad. There may a younger me at one point would have absolutely enjoyed how bad something like that was and like really kind of sunk my teeth into it kind of maybe the same way I feel about a lot, like like this NXT right now NXT 2.0 is like pretty darn bad but I don't even get joy out of it and I I I'm, I'm trying to figure out is it like I've just aged out of enjoying the hate watch no, or I don't- or can sometimes things be bad, but like not even bad to the point of being enjoyable to rag on?
1: Well, for, for regular TV, the problem is, and Vice has a great article about it this week, is, is that uh, they, they cleared out all the middle-aged white guys who knew how to do show running. And so, so now it's a bunch of people running TV shows who have never run TV shows before, and they have no idea what they're doing. And 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 they don't have that that veteran presence to rely well, on. So but the
0: problem is, like for Star Trek Picard, for example, that that is being run by a middle-aged white guy. Yeah, he, he's just really, really, really bad. Oh no, bad no, no, at no. It. I'm not.
1: I'm not, I'm not denying that that Picard's probably bad because it's probably just more fan service than anything else. As opposed to, mm,
0: I I I wish they managed, oh, really? to, dude. They managed to go back to the year 2024 and not reference w- what's important in the canon of uh, the Bell Riots. Like, there's <laughs> actually like there's an entire like if you were gonna do fan service, Hawk. It's all I'm saying is you would have like written an entire season around the Bell Riots that Cisco went to in you're, Deep you're, Space Nine.
1: You're you're getting a little in the weeds for me. I, I am not. I am not. I'm actually.
0: I, I'm educating. I'm. I'm performing my unique brand of information and entertainment that I like to call <laughs> infotainment for the people. Um, you know, think about, this is like Hot Pockets talk. This is my version of Hot Pockets <laughs> talk. Oh,
1: a- Firing across the bow at the flagship. All right, we're going to go to war with them. Yeah,
0: that little battleship STR takes we're, a shot at, uh, at at the aircraft carrier. Hell hey, yeah.
1: Hey, we're more the Potemkin than eh? anything. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> to be honest with you. Oh, but when we last left Shake Them Ropes on a Friday afternoon on Jeff Hawkins' birthday on his way to eat a fantastic A-5 Wagyu. Oh, my goodness. Uh as as he's uploading the show nxt cuts come down the pike who was on this list you might ask if you don't already know dakota kai dexter loomis malcolm bivens harland persia parada drinko anthony sanjana george rayland divine mila milani and blair baldwin the last four of those five of those one's a referee and i think the other four only made may have Made whatever was 205 live before. I feel
0: like we've seen Draco Anthony. Draco it's Anthony, sick. we
1: saw drinking coffee on an NXT once, and I believe on a, and then he lost his debut match. And we went. What was the pull point of that entire vignette? But he'd been on two hundred five live. He'd been on.
0: That's right. He got like a, 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 a like an inspiring he, vignette only yes. to come out and eat it.
1: Yes, only to come out and Persia Parada, of course, in the wife swapping <laughs> type of thing. Possibly.
0: How but... weird was that angle on Spring yeah. breaking.
1: Yeah, it's like we—it's it, the same with the Wesley incident where it's like we can't talk about what actually happened. No, but it was even wink, weirder. Wink, wink, nod, nod to people yeah. as if they know it. Like, and, and like,
0: I, I guess we know better than to, you know, just slide Indy Hartwell and uh, other guy, uh, gambling man, Duke uh, Hudson, Duke Hudson. That's right. Uh, you know, middle sl- manager
1: Duke Hudson.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charming, underperforming middle manager, Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, like, we know better than to slide those two together, but also, boy, those two seem like they've got nothing going for them now, now that they have lost their... Because the only thing Duke really had going was that couple. Yeah. And honestly, the thing that Duke had going was the odd couple relationship he was beginning to form with Dexter Loomis. Yes. That was actually on the cusp of being a not-bad mid-card act.
1: I agree. And we'll get here are the names that we'll talk about because these are the names of no Harland, a.k.a. Parker Boudreaux, a lot of fanfare getting signed by WWE, a.k.a. Baby Brock, Paul Heyman, really big on him. Rumors of some attitude problems, but, you know, he was on TV. He was significant in the Joe Gacy angle for a while. They cut bait for, on him. for
0: a while, but but you can kind of see the writing on the walls when Joe Gacy, the motivational speaker, started becoming the focal point of matches and not yes. the monster that he was grooming to. Because like normally the way these storylines work is you have the undersized mastermind guy and his like you know league of monsters, and when the mastermind is more the feature than the monster and the monster's yes. not even doing much, eh, the writing's on the wall for sure.
1: And I think he was rushed to TV way too quick way too quick and then and then judge to be uh not very good. Oh, sorry, my phone. Please turn off your phones before you start podcasting, everybody. Uh (laughs) I mean, you
0: know, just use vibrate. Vibrate's I have it
1: on Vibrate usually, but my mom got her mother day package. Okay, good. Uh (laughs) uh yeah, um I think I think he's either gonna go into MMA. I mean he he dropped out of college with a year of eligibility left to come to WWE. he's very young. I I don't know if he loves wrestling, but man, I could see him going to the nightmare factory or whatever they're calling Dustin school and get some training, not necessarily to sign with AEW just to get more training and to train in other places. Because I think he does love wrestling. So we will see, or he might go into MMA. He's young enough to do that. Um, big names. Now Malcolm Bivens uh, Bivens decided he wasn't in February. He wasn't going to sign a new contract. He had had enough. Always a pleasure when he's on screen, always funny. Cut a scathing promo at a stand-up comedy club in New York. Oh against, man. Against oh man. W- if you if you're on the FBI's most wanted list and you've shot some people at the local Popeyes, go to W go to NXT UK because they'll never find you. Oh, he just ripped into it. And it. Looked-
0: I, I mean, it's stuff that you and I have known is true, but it's like, one, the delivery was great. And yes. two, it means so much more to hear it from somebody who's been inside, who I guess I'll go one step further and say, I basically trust Malcolm Bivens' viewpoint. I think that yes. the guy sees the lay of the lamb pretty objectively. I think he is
1: a savvy businessman. I believe he gave up uh, a, a career in brokerage to go do the NXT contract. I mean, he's gonna be fine. The problem for me was he said he he did he doesn't love pro wrestling anymore. He doesn't want to continue in it. That's just that's sad for me. I, I mean, that guy. Uh, he AE, sort of said that AEW needs young managers. They do. Uh, look, I love the classics, but you need young guys who can take a bump. All they have right now are Jose the assistant and Mark Sterling. Um, I, I I love this guy. He's funny. He can, he can work if he wants to. Um, the other takeaway
0: I got from that little stand-up promo that Malcolm did is that Julius Creed's got a good head on his shoulders. Oh, yeah, the like, Creed
1: brothers seemed like Yeah, the Creed, brother, the Creed brothers are
0: pretty put-together dudes. Uh, and, like, I mean, you, you can see that in the ring, too, and, like, just the way these guys are mature and have, like, stage poise in a way that is beyond their years. But, like, that was the other thing that stuck out to me was just the – Malcolm clearly thinks very highly of Julius uh, in particular. It's not like he thinks poorly of Brutus or anything, but no. like, you know, he just, he mentioned Julius favorably a number of different times. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I, I because I, I think,
1: because I think the Creed brothers, when they were matched up in this diamond mine thing, really looked at Bivens and also Roddy as guys to help guide them, to help mentor them quite a bit. And I think it, it, it's rubbed off on them and they become friends at the PC
0: yeah yeah
1: dexter Dexter loomis probably age but man this dude i think he could have gotten over on the main roster i do even as a mid-card act look Uh, uh,
0: the things that he does well like he can still do that jump over the ropes thing like mm -hmm. and so long as you've got a few little showy moves like that for the main roster style
1: match look if ezekiel is getting over dexter loomis is silent weirdo comedy Oh my
0: god, Dexter Loomis stalking Kevin Owens would be way better than anything they do on the main roster yes. weekend wake out. Like like if Kevin Owens was getting stalked by Dexter Loomis, um it would be way more engaging than this Ezekiel angle.
1: And then and and look, let me take a little shot at the 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 work rate purists here because they don't like Dexter Loomis. They think he's uh, he's just okay or whatever. Man, you need all kinds in wrestling and WWE needs they have a lot of mid card haha's. I get it. I get it. And a lot of their upper card guys are really mid card ha ha's at this point. When you look at KO Sammy, uh uh Seth a little bit. They're a little bit dumbed down by the ha's. Dexter Loomis would probably be doing twenty four seven work, but I think his work in NXT, even even when it was garbage angles, he, he brought it. I thought. I mean, I, he lasted a He lot was always than elevating
0: the acts that he yes. was working with. Yes. Like, he, it, whether it was the Gargano family, like, mm-hmm. he made that storyline, which was not great, better. Um, he, 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 yeah, no, like this Indy Hartwell Duke Hudson thing. Duke Hudson's a crappy character. Persia Parado is a crappy character. Um, th- balancing off of and foiling off of. Dexter Loomis made the whole thing work. Indy is a flat character. It only works because she's in love with a crazy guy, Dexter yes. Loomis. This is actually a fairly strong character. Yeah. It really is. And and I started as someone who was kind of like... Eh. It was a little
1: too Sam Shawy when yeah. he first came in. Right, it was a right, little right, right. too serial killer. And then it became playful. and then it Almost became...
0: like Adam's family-like. It, it L- became L- yes. Harpo
1: Marx, really, in a lot of ways.
0: No, he he's like... He, he went from being Sam Shaw to being closer to Gomez Adams, only yeah. never speaking. Yeah. I and, 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 and I like that actually does. It lands you in this very interesting place. Like you can still be menacing and scary because you've got this dark quality about you, but you can also be a sympathetic baby face. Cause you're a total wife guy. Um, like I, I it's, it's not a bad character y'all. That's all I'm saying. It really isn't.
1: And now my promo on Dakota Kai. This was a woman who deserved so much better than she got from this company. In my opinion, she, look, she made a lot more than the Indies. Don't get me wrong, but she deserved main roster money for everything she did in this company. Uh, in a different time and place, had her timing been better, she'd have been one of the horsewomen. I think she probably would have replaced Becky Lynch in the horsewomen, to be honest with you. Uh, Cause Becky wasn't, um, Becky didn't really get uh, on, the, on the radar until that match with Sasha at, at that one takeover. Um, but watch the first Parade of Champions from the Mae Young Classic. First person who gets the honor of that is Dakota Kai. And she is overcome with emotion. This is a thrill for her. And goes into NXT, is kind of bootleg Bailey, admittedly. Um, unfortunately. They, they both have very similar characters. I get it. But, you know, gets beaten down, gets beaten, gets beaten, gets beaten. Uh, comes back from an injury, gets beaten again for a while, then has possibly the most magnificent heel turn in NXT. The one at War Games where she's... she's
0: She kicked she, Keegan Knox so hard oh. that she forgot her first name and just went by <laughs> Knox
1: for several months. But... You know, that whole angle where she takes out Mia Yim in secret, replaces her in the war games. Come out, here you go. Mara Renault is on fire on this call. She turns around, boots Tegan Knox in the face. Tegan Knox is fantastic in this too. Watch her just dead body herself when she hits the cage. It is fantastic. She is slamming the door on Tegan's leg. Regal comes out. And she starts cussing at Regal and, and you could see Regal even taken back for a second by, by how awesome she is here. I loved the team with Raquel Gonzalez. It did what it was supposed to It got Raquel over, but I, I think they could have done a lot more with her as the brains and Raquel as the brawn for a while before they initially broke them up. But that's always the curse of the tag teams and how they do things. They use one person to get the other over. I hope, you know, Eight look, I know AEW is saturated with women they already don't use. I hope they use her for a few years because she deserves some money. She deserves some money because they use they used her in Royal Rumble matches to get people over and then decided, now nah, we don't want her on the main roster. Send her back.
0: Right, and, and not for nothing, but like AEW would 100% benefit from having someone who is can carry the belt ready like Dakota yes. Kai. It's
1: yes.
0: well and good to sign developing talents and all. But there are a lot of people who have been signed to that company who are just simply not ready to be at the carry, carry the belt. No, yeah. yeah, carry a program. And Dakota Kai 100% could. Dakota Kai could come in tomorrow and face off against Serena Deeb and or Thunder Rosa. No one would bat an eye and you'd all know the match was good. And that's like the yeah. absolute imprimatur of her quality level.
1: Yeah, just a victim of bad timing. She was in that second generation of people that they signed or after after the women got brought up. You know, she was a little. I think she might have been right before Asuka, maybe after Asuka. I think it was after Asuka. But yeah, that that whole first first group of May Young classic people. I mean, they just absolutely wasted all of them with <laughs> a lot of them now in AEW. Yeah, Serena, I mean, a lot, Tony,
0: there's a uh, lot of victims Pirate, of a lot of victims of the demobilization of Triple H.
1: Yes, yes. Um, and this is it, one of them, definitely.
0: You know, it's very different. If you if you arrived in 2013 or 2012, you got to come up when Triple H is coming up. By 2016, 2017, Triple H is being quietly demobilized and so are all of Triple H's projects.
1: Health update on Big E tweeted out for those desirous of an update my c1 apparently isn't healing optimally says i'll spend another four to six weeks in a brace in hopes that i can avoid a fusion but don't you fret i've got a tremendous support system and what shall be shall be that is uh, not the optimistic not
0: promising no. that last line no i i i'm at peace with all outcomes this is never a good place to be
1: no, I I have I my, mean
0: mentally it is but it's also not, right? Even
1: even with a fusion I have doubts now that he might wrestle again because that's just too much of a risk. I know he will want to but um let's hope that this other 4 to 6 weeks does something and he gets a bit of a medical miracle if he wants to come back to wrestling. Uh contracts expiring all over the place Stu Grayson Contract expired with AEW. One half of the former Super Smash Brothers with Evil Player Uno. He was Evil Player Dose originally, then was just going by Stu Grayson. Candice LeRae's contract with NXT has expired. She is now a free agent. Uh, I think she's happy being a mother. I'm not sure so sure she's ready to get back in the ring just yet. And then Willie Mac has allowed his his contract to expire with Impact. He wants to go work the Indies some more. Any thoughts on any of those, Chris?
0: Willie Mack is a guy who I it always is very good at connecting with audiences, and he's still, re, even though he's got obviously a reputation on in the indies, he's still relatively unknown on bigger screens. Um, so I don't know, you know, he's going work the indies, but like, you know, it's wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to me to see him kind of show up in an AEW or whatever and be a, a credible mid card challenger guy, like for the TNT title or something like that.
1: Stu Grayson is an interesting one to me because that guy is undervalued. He really is. He, is um, he really is. He's quite good. And he's Canadian. And I think his work visa is tied to AEW. So I don't know if he's going back to his shoot job to do it. Um, I had an interesting conversation on the Dynamite show uh, this week with, with Paul Fontaine there. And it's, I think it's also a thing of right now in AEW, we're getting to that point where guys were overpaid to start with AEW. And now they're being asked to take a pay cut, I think. And it's a, it's an interesting proposition because you want to work and you want to work in a main company. But once they give you less money than you were making before, there's writing on the wall.
0: And even if there's not writing on the wall, I think the the harder part is... When you go across the board and you start going, oh, we got to do a pay cut for you. We got to do a pay cut for you. We got to do a pay cut for you and that sort of thing. It's not that the company's financially hurting. I just think it does a number on morale. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe this is more realistic for what market value is for these guys. And so it's not like they're undervaluing them, but in fact, for the first time, appropriately valuing them rather than overvaluing them. However, I still think that like, getting told you're worth 25 30 percent less than you were you know the last time around is a shot across the bow um it is
1: but let me let me give the pro for that you're making more than you would in the indies right no no i
0: i and i get that too i i i think you and i think the mature adult can understand both of those things concurrently and still be a little salty
1: yeah i i would agree it sounds it sound like on one of those btes he cut a promo on the company during the negotiations and that they weren't going well so we'll see what happens there I, you know candace could you know could be the joker in this in this women's tournament but i don't think she is there are other people who are out there who are in more ring shape and i think she's really enjoying motherhood so uh we'll see what happens there but aew also announcing a reality show coming to tbs hard pass for me chris i do not want to see a worked reality show on AEW if it were real if it were interesting if it was the, if it were the you know inner workings of a wrestling company maybe okay i could see myself watching that if you know even just following uh, their chief of legal mega parek who is possibly the bravest and most interesting woman <laughs> who works for them i i think i told you this one you cause just she's,
0: like Cause she's a babe
1: she's a babe but she's a smart babe she's a tough I babe
0: granted great gr- 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 but you you want a tv show with a baby yes i do
1: it. but but you know the sexual assault thing i mean it was and she's come back and just i i i like her a lot um yeah i i, I don't want this i don't want dramatic bte though that's what i don't want i don't want you know well i went to tony khan and asked for this match and he said that i had to do that you know those types of things i don't want that in a reality show i want a real reality show yeah, I I just can't
0: imagine having interest in watching Tony Khan being a reality television character. Yeah, um, I can't do I, that, to be honest. No, no. I, I I mean the only thing that that will be good for is the bad Tony Khan acting moments cuz he's like a very very bad actor. And he's got like a very he's got kind of a deliciously hard to listen to voice too yes. that does not carry certain things very well. Cer-
1: and he has a certain sp- <laughs> Crazy eyes thing going, yeah, right. All and uh, all the
0: time. It's like it's like the Harpo Mark style crazy yeah. eyes of all now
1: drop harpo marks twice on this podcast, yeah. For oh, sure, for great. sure. Yeah, I, I, and in my defense of mega print, I like I like high-achieving women, can't help it. Uh <laughs> uh Forbidden Door pre-sale sold out in under 40 minutes, and the rest of the tickets sold out the next day, and I believe under 30. People want to see this show, Chris, without knowing a card. Joe Land's a rule in effect for me.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just, I I think maybe this is a, I spent two years inside-ish because of COVID and being a little more wary about doing public events, and this is the first good thing I've seen possibly across my stratum in a while, but I, I think... I, I I think there are going to be people who are going to leave that show going, huh? Well,
1: well at least we got to see. They'll they'll be talking themselves into it being a great card, I think. I because I don't. I, I think I'm with you. I think there's going to be a little bit middling with a lot of mixed, ta- a lot of multi tag matches, and I think we're going to get like one really great match out of it, as opposed to I think people want like three or four great. Right, matches.
0: Right. I think people are going to tell themselves that that and one I don't mean singles by work match.
1: Rate, I mean by by star power. Yeah, That's what I
0: mean. Yeah, I think people are going to tell them that that one match made the whole night worth it. Yeah, and, and if I, it's I a big think...
1: event, it might. I mean, it, it just might. It might.
0: It, 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 might. it yes, might. It might. But, uh, I mean, look, uh, you know, try to just grade these cards consistently. Yes. Like, would you, would you watch a WWE show, see one good match and a whole bunch of middling crap and say that was a great show worth going to? Probably yeah. not.
1: We'll get to Backlash later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Fightful reporting that Tessa Blanchard gone from women of wrestling. Uh, The rumor is that uh, something happened during a promo class where she went off on somebody and that was just the last straw. Uh, It is time for me to give up the ghost. It is time for me to give up that Tessa Blanchard will be able to be the star that I think her work rate deserves. She is a fantastic in-ring talent.
0: Uh, and, and it's, she's just not learning the interpersonal work yes. and st- she's not. And and, and, and there've been a lot of opportunities. Yes. That's I, the I, thing. Once, it, I,
1: once is a mistake twice, you can say it's a, it's, it can be forgotten three times right. a pattern.
0: And, it's, uh, and, and, and I mean, at the end of the day too, is it, you just always have to look at the individual and go like, does this actually feel like an individual who's really trying to get it on the right track? Or is this an individual who's getting chances? Yeah. And the shooter, yeah, I'm all for giving the individual who's trying to get it on the right track more chances. I am not for just giving chances. Oh, um, man, it feels like Blanchard has been just getting chances.
1: As I say, she was raised by Magnum, but she's still Tully's kid. And there's a lot of Tully in her, unfortunately, because Tully would burn bridges like there's no tomorrow. I hope she gets her mind right. I hope she takes, I mean, she's 26. She still has time. But there has to be a come-to-Jesus thing here. No,
0: and and at this point, there almost needs to be four or five years away from the biz, train, refocus, kind of hit the reset button on this. Because for the last, like, six years or so, you have been pushing people the wrong way.
1: There's nowhere to go other than maybe control your narrative. Right, and, and, and
0: and and not for nothing, but going to control your narrative is kind of a stigmatizing business move.
1: Although, there is something on the horizon. Freddie Prinz Jr. is saying he wants to start a wrestling company. Details are he wants to start it in 18 months. He wants a two-hour show. He has the money for a three-year plan. (laughs) Storylines based in reality. Men and women given equal time. Wants to own the space they're filming in. (laughs) Wants to be a SAG show. Okay. And no TV contract as of yet. Owning the space and being a SAG show are going to be money burners in here. I believe Macaulay Culkin will probably be involved in some way as well. They are good friends of both big wrestling guys. I don't, this is saturation. We are at the saturation point and look, there are people out there, but they're all cast offs from somewhere else right now. It's. I mean, you can get some young.
0: You you would need consolidation from like Impact. Control your narrative. There's enough people out there, and and especially some castaways from uh, MLW uh, as well, and and, and castaways from AEW and WWE here. Eventually, like you know, I. I, You could certainly see the makings of stuff like you know, give me Braun Strowman and Malcolm Bivens as a main event heel act. I I I can I can make some things work um in my head is
1: interesting to me sag means that they're gonna probably get i mean as i said a couple years ago on the ask us anything i was talking about you know whether i thought a company could ever unionize i think there needs to be a carve out for professional wrestling as a special kind of performer because otherwise you're giving i mean and and there's nothing wrong with this chris when i say this but it is a money burn you give them a check as a on-screen actor and then you also have to give them a check as a stunt performer in here right and,
0: right and yeah that,
1: that's gonna i mean unless you're playing paying day rate and you're not making anybody principals or anything like that that and if you make them principals, that escalates every year this is an interesting gambit and that also will mean that the everybody else on these crews will also be hollywood union types and there's and there's nothing wrong with that but but one of the one of the things that kept Uh, lucha underground in business was i believe that was strictly non-union
0: yeah um the union stuff i I mean look uh i i think that these performers should yes it's always been it's it's but it's complicated i i I think you make a good point here it's it's like philosophically what is a professional wrestler in my head and and I, i know i'm not like innovating anything here it is this like weird like seventy thirty balance between a stunt performer primarily, but also an actor secondarily. Um, but to your point, there are certain things uh, that wrestlers are doing that I just simply wouldn't consider to be like you know like acting in the same way or whatever. Right. Like like, like it, it is, it's much closer to a stunt performer. But yeah, you, you you
1: stunt performer who gets a few lines, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like
0: exactly. stunt performer who like works is it like a, a talking extra, cameo extra? Yeah, yeah. But, right. but there's also
1: that sport aspect of it where you know boxers cut promos too, but they're not considered actors. So this, right. This, so that's right. why I think there needs to be a weird cutout. And the problem here is I. think, when I was talking about WWE doing this, is that Vince would be the one writing, you know, all of, all of the union rules pretty
0: much? Of no, this. I, I think where this would be good is if the stuntmen union helped the wrestlers make their own union. Yeah, so that I think this, so. Yeah. That this is an adjunct That's of a great the great stu- Yeah, I never the, thought of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. Oh, I thought, okay. No, uh,
0: no, that's all, that's all I got. Just, I, I think wrestlers should be an adjunct of the, st- the stuntman union, kind of folded in there, but but also under their own separate tranche because they are different.
1: Two-hour show and women get an hour of it. Okay. There's not a lot of women out there right now that you can take. I mean, you might be able to get... Uh... Yeah, the Marty Bells and the Siennas of uh, the, the, the
0: issue is going to be, is that week in, week out, going to be a good, watchable hour of yes, television in too. both dialogue delivery and in-ring work. Um, Because, ju- just go, you know, if I wanted to make a Dallas wrestling promotion, right? Just me going around the neighborhood and going, do you want to be a Dallas wrestler? Um, And just throwing people in a ring every week for an hour... It might make an uh, an interesting curiosity for a week or two but like that's also not an engaging show the way you <laughs> want to do
1: i i just you, love storylines based in reality and that uh, that's the one that I'm, I'm cracking always up because i pause
0: i'm thinking about an angle starting because of the ukraine conflict you know like like you know sergeant spetnaz is is currently here in the federation Susie
1: Rowe versus jane wade tonight <laughs> Yeah, I, I yeah, and, and and anytime they always say that means it, it, they usually just go back to skits. And Freddie Prinze Jr. is a product of the WWE system, so I mean, look, you, you give me trash talking as opposed to skits, I'm cool with it. It's it's just I'm I have concerns. No, I think, you, I think you, the market you, is oversaturated. And,
0: and what you people like you and I want to read there instead of reality based storylines is something much more like sports based presentation.
1: Yes, thank you. Vice coming back at the Wrestling Observer say that they will be continuing Dark Side of the Ring for a fourth season. They didn't say when, because it was not listed this year when they had released the schedule. Wrestling Observer had reported the show wasn't continuing when it was not listed on the schedule for the year, nor had there been any talks about episodes being filmed for the year as well. There were rumors that the WWE had pushed back on certain criticisms of, say, the Plane Ride from Hell episode. As well, they probably should. But the people from Dark Side are doing work for this territories show with the rock as executive producer. Mm-hmm. They said, <laughs> I have, I have concerns because I, I don't like the rocks creative, uh, creative calls, but uh, they said they are committed as ever to the series and that Evan Husney and Jason Eisner are hard at work, making more content that we know our fans of the series were love. Look, this is a, this wrestling stuff is a boon for vice. It really is. More people watch these shows than any other program on Vice. Dark Side of the Ring has a certain uh tabloidy quality to it. I think they'll probably get into the same with this territory show as well because the uh the, the titillation, shall we speak, is the real draw at Yeah, time.
0: it's like the grit. I mean it and, and it's weird, but like in a post k world, I think the thing that people are interested in is the drama behind the drama and not the actual drama on Here's the screen. Here's Buck
1: Zoom off and his underage girls. And, you know, there are some real creeps who worked on the territory circuit. They have plenty of material to mine if they want it. Buzz Sawyer is one. A lot of sketchy things. Grizzly. Well, they did Grizzly Smith. I mean, Grizzly Smith's a creep, but yeah. This territory show, I'm just worried because... Rock likes his stuff light and fluffy. So I'm thinking it's going to be light and fluffy for a channel called Vice.
0: Yeah, I mean, that would be a mistake, but we'll see. And maybe it continues to do good numbers. Who knows?
1: WWE quarter one earnings. WWE's said business records in quarter one, which included a Saudi Arabia show and the Royal Rumble, but did not include the two days of WrestleMania, which is interesting. The company took in three hundred and thirty-three million dollars in revenue and had a sixty-six million dollar forty-one thousand dollar profit. First quarter last year, with no live events or Saudi Arabia show, did two hundred sixty-three point five million in revenue and forty-three point eight million in profit. Numbers beat the Wall Street estimates of 325 in revenue and 50 in profits. On this call, they said they already have more potential buyers interested than at any point in company history, which would indicate the ability to garner significant, if not massive, increase from the $495 million for the three shows on the current deal. He said that new entrants to the marketplace and the incumbents, NBC, Universal, and Fox, are expected to make offers. This is uh, Nick Khan talking. He said he believed Netflix would start bidding on live sports because of the advertising revenue that they could make. He said Apple TV has been exploring live sports for almost two years and aggressively went after the NHL package. They're going to get the NFL Sunday ticket package, which disappoints me. (laughs) That's me editorializing. And we'll be having Friday night exclusive baseball games this season. He noted Amazon Prime has exclusive Thursday night football rights starting in September and recently signed an MMA deal with one. They are going to work this into making even more money. I I am amazed at it. They they are they are Teflon, Chris. They they will go to you and say whatever, and say that this product will bring in revenue and viewers, and they're probably right.
0: It's weird. Uh, it like, is. It, it, it's no. It's it's just like it will bring in viewers, but then like. There are these random indicators or whatever that like this is not actually that good of an uh, an additional rating or like viewer draw. Um, I I saw ratings numbers maybe it was a couple weeks ago where
1: well the NBA playoffs are killing everybody.
0: No, no, there's that, but I but it it was not actually domestic in this case. Um, okay. it was it was like WWE like was on a different network in Canada or whatever, and like Raw's numbers were like. Garbage.
1: I believe they are on TSN in Canada.
0: Yeah, they went on. They're on a different network for and like basically no one tried Like so, this, like this idea that like we have this really strong brand or audience needs to find us everywhere. I I don't. I just am very unconvinced of this. Um, I, I it seems to me like the passion for this company is less now than five years ago. And, and I mean, you know, on uh, to plug the website here this week, there's a great retrospective. I think it's a Patreon paywall thing, um, you know, so calibrate that into your uh, viewership. But like, uh, there's great retrospective on when WWE changed from WWF to WWE yes. and the correlating like interest drop that happened fairly sharply after that, but it sort of steadily occurred. I mean, this company stays solvent, but sort of it's like in despite of itself. Like, Let- I mean...
1: Let me ask this, because this is the fascinating part of that. I know we're, dro- I mean, look, streaming streaming's in a little disarray right now because the, 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 the haves have a lot. And the people trying to be disruptors don't. And Netflix taking that dive off of half a million subscriptions canceling. I could see Netflix overpaying. And WWE actually being the poison pill that kills Netflix.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, like, you know, this like Netflix
1: to... buys Netflix... a lot of crap. Products. No, and and
0: they got it. They, they got to shake it up a little bit. They got the You're right. They've got to shake it up a because little they, bit.
1: Have no, they, they have, stuff. They they have need, no in-house they stuff. Need they need in-house. They need in-house. Yes.
0: The thing that's changed under Netflix's feet over the last decade is the rise of all of these individualized content mills and creators basically creating the new online version of network television um, by creating subscription services that if you were going to have them all would cost you like as much as your cable bill used to at the worst days. Um, and that happened under Netflix's feet without them really I mean, occasionally they'd sort of like push against it, right? Like Stranger Things would come out or Tiger King would right. come out, but it wasn't they'd occasionally it wasn't
1: they'd, they'd occasionally hit on something. They'd, they'd hit like on
0: something. Squid yeah.
1: Game.
0: Yep, Squid Game, yeah. they just they, they, It's like they they've not nearly had enough of those, and I could see them going okay we need to start getting stuff in-house we
1: need live stuff so we can put some live stuff
0: here. yeah well no you know they're not wrong on that though i don't they're think. not they, they wouldn't be wrong on that move like like they they do need to change their business model i don't think they're a dead company i really don't but like um they they do need to they would need to get a wwe and and frankly uh, i will be interested i mean maybe wwe is able to okie doke a big network like fox or msm or mbc again um but uh, maybe other companies start to realize that like for the money that WWE is asking, you could put together other content and get the exact same value for dollars. I think so.
1: I think Fox is probably going to be the one that gets out. I think NBC really likes the relationship. Although the Peacock thing, I've heard rumblings that, that WWE may take, they're not happy with the Peacock presentation of their, of their archives and stuff like that. No,
0: nor should they be, nor should they be. It's terrible. Yeah, uh, I, actually, and that's where Netflix could really help them yes. out. Yeah, uh, Yeah. no, it, I'll, I'll put you this way. Um, we have never actually seen a well-made WWE network. And if Netflix partnered with WWE, I, this this is like super conjectural, but like if they partnered with WWE and actually gave them a Netflix level of archivization of WWE's content... And made it so that you could really go through a wrestling database and watch all this classic territory stuff and everything. Like, they had the fullness of WWE's wrestling library. They really
1: cataloged this well with a lot of...
0: If they did did a kick-ass job on that, that really could create a nice little niche fan base for them.
1: I agree. And uh, to end the the news, uh, a light story. Stephanie McMahon says that they are working on a WWE RPG role-playing game i'm a
0: big fan of rpgs i i I can't wait to make different character classes like um raw manager uh no 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 character i I can't
1: wait i can't wait to use my plus two broadsword and have have who uh, have the computerized dungeon master saying i need to be six foot four and that he's also changing my name in the middle of a battle
0: Oh, so you're gonna be playing as Drew McIntyre? I I'm guess. gonna be
1: playing as Drew McIntyre. And they will be, and they will be, they will change my name to like Mac Zaphod Beeblebrox or whatever they want to call it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I,
0: I. I'm looking forward to being Butch. Are, you? yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, Chris, many have said you're already.
0: <laughs> mm. No, Uh, no, they they do not understand my life.
1: I know. Uh, (laughs) uh, That'll do it for the news. Uh, Chris, tell us about HelloFresh. Okay. Hawkins, this week, our sponsor
0: is HelloFresh. Now, you might find yourself asking yourself, Hawkins, (laughs) HelloFresh. You say that occasionally, Chris. I have no idea what that is. Hawkins, pay attention for once in your life. With HelloFresh, you get fresh. Pre-portioned ingredients, tell you this all the time. Seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Mm -hmm. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy. Cooking. Hawkins, that's the thing where you put the food in your mouth. You have to to heat the food. But it's fun. This can be fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Get farm-fresh seasonal produce Easy to make recipes delivered right to your door every week. You might look outside right now, Hawkins, and notice that it is summer. Summer is a season, there is produce specific to that season that is occurring and you could get it through HelloFresh. Ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in under a week. They move pretty quickly. These are these are fast moving ingredients. They always arrive fresh, all without a trip to the grocery store or the farmer's market. I hate the farmer's market. So many smelly. No, the farmers there smell awful. And they are rude, have horrible manners, and ugly beards. Uh, It's all about convenience (laughs) with HelloFresh.
1: I thought you just weren't a fan of patchouli or something. No,
0: no, no, no. uh, Farmers, they disgust me. Not only do the (laughs) ingredients come pre-portioned so you're not overbuying or wasting food, but it's easier than ever to get filling meals on the table in a snap with options like family-friendly or quick and easy recipes. Uh, we, of course, had an opportunity several months ago to try a HelloFresh meal kit. Uh, Hawkins and I were able to squeeze several meals out of a uh, portion. Oh, they're very good. Yeah, they were, they were good. Yeah, like, you know, and you can obviously follow the recipe card the first time. You have some leftover ingredients. Maybe you get creative the second time around. What, what's kind of fun, you know, for someone like me is thinking about, like, okay, I've got all this stuff. Maybe I've got a few extra things here. Cool, I whip up a completely different and new and novel recipe. And that's really exciting. And it's it's a fun way to stick it to the farmers who have been holding me down for way too long. So if you want to try HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16. That's VOW16, the way Hawkins likes to say it. Mm -hmm. And use that code for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16. Use the code VOW16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Stick it to the farmers.
1: Bougie Chris, sticking it to the farmers.
0: They know nothing. Read a
1: book. (laughs) We are now going to the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Whatever crossed our mind, whatever, whatever we watched, and it's been a long week. We've gotten through two rampages. I'll get to one in a second. But since we are on the beach of the lazy river, It is, as usual, time for our pay-per-view slash special event preview. There is one this week, WrestleMania Backlash, a.k.a. WrestleMania Run It Backlash. Six matches currently scheduled, but I assume they're probably going to stick a women's tag somewhere in here. We'll give our predictions and what we think will happen. This is a nothing show. I'm going to tell you that right now. I would wait for it and then see if anything great came from it. Because no,
0: and, and real, real quickly, Hawkins. I just want to give my uh, review on RAW this week. It was terrible. Continue.
1: I did. I did the fightful Poe show. If you want to hear me deconstruct every single segment, <laughs> dude, it was so of of this like, show. I, I could get granular, but like, guys, this is a terrible three-hour product. A bad, terrible Raw show, and we, we were really, cracking really wise. Sean Rossap and I went out out on a couple, so go download me on Fightful this week, because uh we were in rare form. <laughs> Starting off with Bobby Lashley versus Almost with MVP in a singles match set up by a, an actual arm wrestling match that was actually completed. Interesting. uh And, of course, an appearance from Cedric Alexander to get his butt kicked. So... <laughs> I am going to say that Omos wins this by interference, and this feud must continue because yep, Lashley yep. won at Mania. Yep, that's it. That's where I got this
0: going too. Uh, that we we're not done pushing Omos, even though Omos is uh, shaky, shaky. A little
1: bit of personality. This he's past got.
0: Night. He's not absent charisma. He's absent in ring skill. Yes. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, he actually does. He's got a thing. Charisma wise, but no, he just is not any good in the ring, but I, I, I think he wins this match.
1: Happy Corbin versus madcap Moss in a singles match. I'm starting uh, to like madcap Moss.
0: Yeah. Madcap mania is running wild. I think
1: <laughs> is he going to replace your slapjack love? No. Okay. No,
0: no. I, it, it, I'm i a loyal guy. I, I I've got ideals in ideology <laughs> And you virtues, hate farmers. Yeah, passions, yeah, okay, because they are rootless. They, 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 they have, they have no, they're Those no rootless. No, they're not ruthless. They're rootless. They have oh. no, they have no values, no they're virtues. Homos? They, 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 like they just they drift freely, like like they, they, these hobo
1: farmers. That's
0: yeah, no. It, it's it's not it, when I say that they're, they're not drifters <laughs> like that. I'm saying morally, they're just when when, you, when you're talking about people who just have no moral fiber. Farmers <laughs> are very close to the top of the list. Them and like bankers would be basically the two most unsc- lawyers, like you know, uh, ambulance chasers, that sort of thing, uh, right up there with farmers in terms of let ruthless.
1: Me, let me announce know. this. This show feels like a heat show. This feels like, and I don't mean Sunday. Sunday night. night. Oh, I thought you meant Sunday night. (laughs) No, no. This feels like we're going to get heat on all these angles we've been doing. And we're going to have all the heels win, save for one. So, like, Corbin wins and Moss. I'm thinking Corbin wins by some chicanery. And this feud must continue. AJ Styles versus Edge. Singles match. Damian Priest is banned from ringside. That means Damian Priest is going to show up and price. No, AJ it Styles. doesn't.
0: It means that there's going to be a new person who debuts as part of Edge's society.
1: Champa or Rhea?
0: Rip. Exactly. But okay. yeah, no, AJ's losing.
1: Let's, okay, but yes, AJ's losing. Fine. We'll go with that. We're both in agreement. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Cody got the big win at Mania. I think Seth wins this. And I think we're all going to go, what the F?
0: Yep, I, I think even worse, Seth is going to win this clean. It's going to be really Oh, confusing. no.
1: Oh, yeah, God.
0: yeah, because this is going to be a rivalry, Hawkins. Oh,
1: jeez. and an I quit match for the WWE SmackDown Women's title, Charlotte Flair against Ronda Rousey. Don't think this will be Flair funk. I quit by any stretch of the imagination, but this is where I think the one babyface wins. I think Ronda Rousey wins this, and we get the overbearing presence of Ronda Rousey as SmackDown Women's Champion.
0: Yeah, um, I, she wants to be a baby face. I, I think that the, they're obligated. I, they might even be contractually obligated to try. Uh, and they're going to make her the champion. We'll see what happens.
1: I take it back now because I thought the six-man tag was going to be for winner take all. It does not appear to be that way, but Drew McIntyre and RK Bro versus the Bloodline. So it's was originally going to be a singles match for Roman against somebody and the tag team unification match. They have now taken all the coolness out of this match by making it a normal. I guess number one on Raw, they start out with the forecast calls for bedlam. No, the forecast calls for pain. Uh, it, it rhymes with rain. That's why they do the line WWE, <laughs> and then and then they go uh, after after that first thing where they like. I thought the uh, I thought the RKO's out of nowhere to start the show were awesome. I thought that was a nice start, but then. Then uh, Byron decides to sell this. Well, if it was like this for just the beginning of Raw, can you imagine what the main event at Backlash is going to be like? And you're like, it's a standard six-man tag. They didn't make it even a, a tornado match of any kind. It's a standard six-man tag, and it's it wasn't like chaos. that little.
0: It wasn't like that little jump at the beginning, then spilled out all over the arena, yeah. and was a wraparound bit yeah. through the entirety of the show. Where but like you literally the
1: chaos. I, I mean, the chaos. no,
0: because if, if you want to do that, it's like what you need to do is basically have it where the bloodline and. Th- Uh, RK Bro and Drew McIntyre can't keep their hands off of each other all night and they keep running into each other in back like basically every half hour or so like you see like Jimmy Uso and Matt Riddle going at it eventually Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns square off somewhere in the back like like, just the animosity going at a fever pitch um like
1: the story has not progressed with the bloodline either it's just ridiculous they're not not consolidating power they're not going after anything they're just this so here's my pick i think drew and rk bro win this and i think roman walks out on the usos and it starts quote-unquote tension
0: that wouldn't be a bad way for them to go just because they've clearly run out of ideas on how to make the bloodline interesting that's unfortunate i don't think it has to be that way but like dude they don't i'm if any it does feel like the beginning of the end for the bloodline um, where they they'll come up short, which is amazing because like you know you yeah you, know, you look at the RK Bro Act and always go it's an act that's destined to have Randy turn on Matt Riddle, but like who knows when that's going to be at this point.
1: And that'll do it for us on on Backlash. Now we're gonna go to the actual Lazy River. I'm gonna god start... that's gonna be a really bad show, Hawkins. I'm skipping it until they tell me something good was on.
0: Yeah, no, I will be like listening to a recap of it uh, yeah. and reading some reviews because I I just I'm I, I've. From summarizing it, I see, I've, I've heard nothing that we've talked about that I would feel like I need to see to better understand. I could read the results of it and completely, in my head, make whatever that matches, and it would be pretty much accurate.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, on my lazy river, the first thing I'm going to start with is something uh, uh, age, age old so I can get rid of it. It was from the Rampage from last week, Chris, and I've, I'm really angered by segments but did, did you get to watch that one the uh, Samoa Joe versus Trent Beretta main event rampage or no
0: I did not know
1: okay so let me let me tell you what happened here they're doing the Mark Henry thing and they got both guys out there for a promo and Samoa Joe's basically saying he's gonna he's gonna hit Trent Beretta really really hard and now Trent Beretta has 30 to 45 seconds to get himself over on national ty- on national television and this is what he says Chris Samoa Joe you may think I'm the underdog but I'm not That was his promo Chris that was the promo You had 30 to 45 uh, this, seconds this
0: uh, you know a lot of people need a lot of words right like what's the knock on CM Punk so much talking uh Tremperetta manages to get his whole point across in about seven or eight words
1: I think they were doing this for <laughs> irony and, and comedy because it was Orange Cassidy and Chuck flanking him, and Chuck's all hype saying, New champ. And Orange Cassidy's just standing there. But my God, I could, I find Trent Beretta, he, he is Va- Trent Vanilla. I mean, he is vanilla in the ring to me because every match he does kind of has I mean, he's solid. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot like my criticism of wheeler Yuta. I was just saying he's a lot like Adam Cole for me. Adam Cole in some ways for some people. He has his match. It's a very good match. It never escalates to something heated. It never feels like there's some sense of urgency with But you
0: could never make the argument that it's a bad match that he's not. Because if you did that, you're crazy. Like like you don't like it, but they're not bad But this uh, is a company yeah.
1: that needs promos and it needs personality, and he gives me that, and I was just i i threw my controller. I was that mad. I don't get mad at, at TV, but I'm like, you had a chance to do something here, and you wasted it for for a cheap joke. And I was just like, God, <laughs> just I, I I hate it. But uh it's your turn, sir.
0: Um. Okay. Uh. I guess it's we we you know basically covered all that we would need to possibly cover on um raw uh i i guess let's let, let talk about this dynamite um th- this this is also a, a very draggy show it's not raw bad i i to be to be 100 clear nowhere like it, it, bad dynamite is nowhere near as bad as bad raw correct uh, but when dynamite is bad it is qu- quite lousy
1: i would uh, call it formulaic not bad i mean it was mediocre I would say. Did you think it was actively bad? Uh,
0: I, I guess maybe actively bad. it, okay. it, it Yeah, it, it is is saying too much. But like, I, I mean, I, it, Draggy is all get out. Um, let me I,
1: let me get to the good things that I liked in it, and then we can criticize it because that's what you kind of do with notes for actors. You give them ba- the basically.
0: Good. Ta- let's talk about like Ray Phoenix versus Dante Martin was good.
1: Yes. I thought William Morrissey was fantastic. I think I think the only problem with him was he was kind of working the crowd as a baby face, but I loved that Wardlow match. I did. I thought him and Wardlow had a nice, mean guy. I match.
0: really liked. I liked the way that match ended, in yes, particular. One power
1: bomb it kind of protects Morrissey.
0: No, no, it, it, more than that, that. Wardlow had to use a moonsault. Now it was not the best looking. I, so it's like. There were certain things about that match that were very good that I think compensated for the other things about that match that were not very good. Okay. Um, And and, and it was, like, largely outweighed. But uh, in particular, um, I liked the deployment of the moonsault, not necessarily the execution of said moonsault. Um, And then one powerbomb. Like, the the finishing spot was great. Wardlow needed to use the heavy artillery on Morrissey. Um, You can get over the idea that, like, for bigger dudes, the reason... You, kind of counterintuitively because normally it like you'd think oh wow it, you know pinning a big guy is hard but if you can actually slam a big guy the weight of said big guy is so yes. impactful to the big guy that once you slam them they stay down i i like that narratively and i i thought that that was well deployed uh, i i really did um
1: and the uh, one other positive I had was I thought the Adam Page promo was pretty good.
0: You know, it's funny. I was about to say the Hangman Me Page thing. I, th- I thought Page starting to set up that, you know, like some heelishness was good. Um, w- was or some heelishness was good. The Bret
1: Hart-Massmatory um, match got a crack out of me. I love that line. I did. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know it.
1: And now to the not so good. <laughs> Brian Pillman Jr. and Julia Hart. Anybody?
0: I mean, you know, I feel bad for Brian Pillman Jr. It's like, you know, he's supposed to draw sympathy, but like with the stupidest crap. Every time they have him (laughs) out there trying to draw maximum sympathy, it's like over unbelievably dumb stuff the fans don't care about. No one cares about the Julia Hart storyline. I don't think they, insofar as they care about it, they want her to turn heel
1: Yes, and, oh. that, and now they're just delaying it again with that bad, and they thought that that they want to cheer the House of Black, and they're bullying a woman, so they were just like, well, we're not going to boo this because we like those guys, so it didn't get the heat it was supposed to get.
0: Right. no, it sucked. It sucked, and, and honestly, like the worst thing for the Varsity blondes, in my opinion, was the part where... Who came out to make the save was like yeah, Penta, the dead Triangle. The death triangle y'all totally cucked him. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, you know, the same with Julia, I, in my head, you know, if you're writing it at this point after this scene, Julia Hart, it, the way I would look at this is she stared into the abyss and now she gets pulled back slowly, but she, you know, yes. she is changed. She does have a dark streak about her, but she's ultimately still good, albeit slightly scarred from this but like at this point after that i can't hit griff garrison with the chair moment it's n- oh that they was so, that was they wrong. they may go okay now let's have her hit griff garrison with the chair it's not gonna hit it's not i mean it's who's gonna hit
1: save her from the darkness who's kiss is it uh, gonna is it gonna be ray phoenix or griff garrison that's my question
0: yeah uh, yeah uh, i mean that that's really the thing is uh it's like at this point almost maybe more narratively satisfying would be Julia Hart leaves the varsity blondes and aligns herself with the death triangle.
1: Let's it, talk about the women in AEW because woo. I love the women in AEW. I hate their presentation yet. Another one of these ridiculous Tony storm, Jamie hater, Britt Baker, Ruby, Riot, Vignette.
0: This is for AEW. It's becoming the stare at the television from the side of the wall meme for WWE. It's like these four women frozen in amber every week, thawed out to have yet another stiff interaction.
1: Cut promos as opposed to do this crap. Just let them get over. Because this is and the the catering jokes again. And we're just, I I can't. Moving on. We get this Thunder Rosa Serena Deeb thing, which starts out okay. And then it turns into we're standing there. We have to switch gears from respecting each other to hating each other. And this would have worked as a filmed vignette as well. More, yeah, no, they, they, they
0: should have filmed this because because Rosa was so committed to staying hard on script, it was just. And she was all...
1: interrupting Serena Deeb during when Serena was trying to. Yeah, you tell me. You do. Yeah, she was interrupting those little those little moments in there. Like, I realize I've been doing it with you a little bit. Um, no, it, <laughs> and, it, it, and killing yeah. her flow absolutely killed Serena Deeb's flow in any way.
0: I, it was it, killing the flow. The the heavily scripted nature of this did not yes. come off as believable.
1: Yeah, it didn't come off um, as they were really cutting promos on each other. Yeah, d- it, it did off come as... off as
0: authentic. Um, I, I, and then I mean, honestly, the whole I used to drive up to go and see Serena Deeb wrestle thing. <sighs> Even if that is true or whatever, I feel like every time we hear stories like this, especially when it's like 10 years ago, you know, I used to drive... All you're saying about the other person is that they're old. Um, (laughs) That's true. That's true.
1: I didn't think about that. And it's not like Thunder Rosa is young.
0: Right. No, I... I I, I know. I... This would be like one of my friends she's I mean, younger me, than
1: me, but everybody's
0: younger. No, I know, but like, like it'd be like one of my friends, you know, uh, who's like thirty-three saying, Oh, you know, I used to drive out and see you play, Chris, I'd be like, I'm
1: thirty-six. Yeah, like, exactly. yeah. man, <laughs> as a kid, Chris, you could really rip it. What? Yeah, okay. yeah, like
0: I remember when you were at your prime in your thirties,
1: I still am. <laughs>
0: like, like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then and then they decide to end. and and I, I look, I liked the match. But Deanna Perrazzo versus Mercedes Martinez for the Ring of Honor Women's World title. When you have other women's programs for your titles that aren't hot, it's Ring of Honor when everybody paid to go see AEW. I know that it's in Baltimore. I know it's in their home city. This crowd could not have given less of a crap about this match, and it died. And they worked hard, but it died. It It just felt like and and it ended on that it ended on this match and it's like okay at least have rickaboni there if you can and look i'm not the biggest rickaboni fan i think he, he has way too much he has way too much drive time dj where he's never emotionally affected by a match but he always has that smooth delivery here playing the hits on 92.7 WUBA, that, that kind of thing going um <laughs> but it's it it was no i, I, I think I that that for that's them. important no i felt for biana i felt for mercedes martinez
0: I, I think it's really important if you're going to do these Ring of Honor things, you have a different announce team or someone to come out to do the play-by-play who's like the Ring of Honor play-by-play guy. I think it creates a point of delineation. X-Halber is totally happy and comfortable riding shotgun along with somebody. But I, th- I think if you're going to make Ring of Honor still feel like its own brand, you need to have their own call team for it. When you have like Jim Ross and x Calber, all these guys.
1: Oh, Jim I, Ross had some. Had some moments of just burying stuff that you're just like. I mean, he even buried the the Wu Tang, uh, documentary. Oh, that should be exciting television. Even though even though he might have been trying to say it's exciting television, it came off as snarky. No, it came off as snarky. And the worst part about that is, I don't
0: know. That actually looks like a pretty decent documentary potentially. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. He he, All right. <laughs> he,
1: he, he 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 made another crack when the lights went off. He made crack. You don't even have to, to be a fan of Wu Tang I mean,
0: Clan to think that that documentary's You know what yeah. I mean? Like like it's
1: just like an Mark interesting story. an interesting individual.
0: He's, he's an, an yeah, well okay like he's an interesting compelling villain type guy but like the whole idea of like buying like a secret you know like like it just it has the MacGuffin quality. Yes to it, it does. Yeah, yeah.
1: I just yeah, he was yeah, he was like, off like, like, all night. <laughs> but I I don't look I I get you're wanting to raise, elevate women's wrestling and you're wanting to elevate ROH but doing both at once on your main event, this was, this was, nobody, nobody who pays a ticket for AEW is there to see ROH. He's well, wanting, making-
0: wanting to do something and doing it are not the same thing. Yes. And you can have the intention, a, a very well placed, good, heartfelt, good faith intention to do something and also fall way short of it because the actual executing or execution plan is not very strong.
1: He has gone from being, everybody's saying it's a Mid-South type of influence that he wanted. Now it's definitely a late aughts, early 10s Ring of Honor promotion. It really is. I mean, not just talent-wise, but style-wise, program-wise. ROH, not a big promo company, more of a we're going to do... Great matches in the ring and show athleticism. Yeah, great match. Like, great
0: matches equal compelling stories. Was was very much the sort of like, yeah I yeah agree. yeah very much the Ring of Honor. And look, I think a lot of. The, the strong, good faith nature of those crowds um, on the big shows and stuff really helped Ring of Honor compensate for, okay, weak storytelling. Yeah, but you could tell everyone in that house is 100% emotionally invested in Jay Lethal's match tonight. It doesn't matter that yeah. there wasn't much of a story leading up to whatever this Jay Lethal title offense is.
1: Yeah, and um, there wasn't much of that going on on Rampage, to be honest with you.
0: With- yeah, I, 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 so it's just like, I, I, I think, it is a real problem because while well, Dynamite feels like a big show, like I would never say that it feels like an indie show. Like the production is great. Yes. Um. The there's a emotional distance that I feel like we have with a lot of like angles and like certain storylines and stuff. Um. That I I find myself nostalgic for like the way. Like NWA power, um had this sort of intimacy. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I, I it, it felt like you got to know these characters better um, on the Good weeks. and
1: the characters we do know. I mean, they, I mean, Jeff Hardy looked terrible. In that god,
0: movie. I, I, I mean, he was
1: dragging. I mean, he was dragging by the end of that match, and you're just like, oh my god.
0: I know. Bobby I know. Fish
1: did his best and Bobby Fish is only two years younger than the guy. I
0: mean, No, it was... but you you just I mean, it, and the uh the, the worst part of that was uh when he did the whisper in the wind, and it just like basically looked like he did a corkscrew heel kick to yeah. Bobby Fish's head. Yeah. Like I, I, I was amazed. Bobby Fish. I, I had to watch it twice. And maybe I, maybe I. What I imagined in my head was more brutal than it, it looked. Like Fish basically got kicked in the head by hard. Yeah, and I'm thinking
1: Fish. Okay, receipt, mother effort. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the, the,
0: the, that's what you saw too, right? Like he yeah. basically just took like a corkscrew kick to the head, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I I know. I and, and then he gets duffel bagged by uh Jeff Hardy's uh what he calls a Swanton bomb yeah. these days. But oh my God. but it's more like the, the the uh flipping duffel bag. It's to
1: save my spine. Yeah. Man. Oh, I'm yeah. Gonna duff, yeah, I'm
0: duffel bagging you. I am yeah. just I'm just landed hard right on your abs, asshole.
1: Yeah. I mean, like Darby and and Swerve was good for it was, but it was an angle match. Um, you know, I mean, other than that, let me uh, something the love, the something
0: AFO, the AFO was like nothing, oh. you know, like, like that that match. I, the Blackpool Combat Club is quickly just sort of like devolved into the buy the numbers sort of thing. Like yeah. I, what War- this
1: Road Warriors start. Wheeler gets a bunch of moves. Yep. Brian gets gets come in and do some stuff. Mox gets to wreck some stuff. Th- all six people in the ring at once with the faces getting the beat down and Wheeler getting the win.
0: And really what I'm starting to recognize this as is, is just like a way for them to fill time and suck up time by doing three different entrances. Um, like the Blackpool Combat Club entrance is fairly lengthy. yeah, Because you have the Yuta entrance... Then the Danielson entrance, then the Moxley entrance. It was
1: like the Becky Lynch entrance from Raw, which took like eight minutes because they were playing video packages in between her coming in and then actually going to the next person. Yeah, it was-
0: yeah it's just this like massive time suck. Um and, and to me, like what these stories need to be at this point is each week Yuda has a singles match. And like one week Danielson's mentoring him and the next week Moxley's mentoring him and each one of them is training or trying to focus in on a different aspect of Yuta's personality to develop and hone.
1: Defy Wild Ones. I watched this on Saturday on Pluto Live. It's available on video on demand on Defy's website. Go watch the tag team match between the Bollywood Boys and C4. It was great. The Bollywood Boys are such a good team they really are and they love wrestling and you can tell but that main event between Moxley and Tom Lawler hose me baby that thing was what i want in a wrestling match it was it was guys hitting each other hard it was bloody it was brutal it was a fight and it was magnificent moxley letting lawler be an honorary member of the blackpool combat club an ally i forgot what it was a tertiary member but man that was a good way to spend saturday night for me considering i didn't go out Uh, it was uh I, i i can't highly recommend that enough um if you like if you like mean guy matches that moxley lawler match was something that seems like the kind of stuff that moxley came back to do
0: yeah, uh, you you described this match to me. Sounded good. Um, I, I just I have I no. That's not uh, 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 you're up. Um, okay. So then I guess let's talk about the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, he's a
1: wizard now because he shot a fireball.
0: Yeah. Oh, is that, is that? Okay. They got that over.
1: They got that's the other thing they did on Rampage this week is, is. The fact that he used flash paper makes him a wizard. He got beat up at the he got beat up at the announce desk by uh by uh uh, one half of powerful
0: Ortiz. I'm guessing.
1: No, not Ortiz. The other one,
0: Santana. The other one, Santana. Thank you. The one who lost. Yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) in that match,
1: yeah. So so they so they do this, and Jericho's still on commentary, but he's really ramped up. You know the annoying heel stuff this time. Uh, and he was like, I, I shot, uh, you know, I, that's why I burned Eddie Kingston. I'm, you know, I can shoot fire. I'm a wizard. And so now he's the wizard, Chris Jericho.
0: No, he was already saying that on, uh, on Dynamite. Yeah. He, so. well, he was
1: also the influencer. You remember? He's dropped uh, that now, I believe.
0: I, I, I look, the guys. It- He's a walking
1: WWE machine. And I kind of appreciate it. He,
0: he, he's both a walking WWE machine and like a walking middle-aged, like midlife crisis where like every week you're trying something new. Um, You've got your friends dressing like weird so that like, it may be kind of like your friends are trying to make, trying to cover up for you. (laughs) Like,
1: like like the thing about that match with Santana was it was a sports entertainment match and it was right to the gimmick and it's kind of you know you, i mean i know people can't appreciate the irony of that sometimes but uh, or whether it's planned or not but that was pure wwe do the match with everybody hanging around ringshot and then end up with a screwjob finish and and this feud must continue because and baby faces have no friends
0: right no i i mean in a weird way It became this meta commentary on WWE, but I'm kind of with you. I don't know that they've realized that that's actually what ended up happening as the net result of this match. I think they booked this in their head one level below this where this is a perfectly acceptable plot. Yeah. And that kind of speaks to Jericho's... Look, um, he's done... He's got, he's had a very long career. They just write him off entirely, is would be ridiculous. But like the, the, his inability to get out of his own way is well documented at this point.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, it was my turn again. Uh, I'll go to NXT real quick. Say two things I really liked about spring breakout and then dump on NXT UK. Uh, Nathan Frazier and uh, Grayson Waller was fantastic. Just, just a great match. Loved it. Loved it. Got Don't know if it did as much for Nathan Frazier as I would have liked to on a debut, but man, that was a fun match to watch. And then the uh, North American three-way was uh, Carmelo is, is, is growing. I like that. Uh, look, we all were, and, and so uh, Sakoa is, is already good. You knew he would be, and of course um, I, always, I always call <laughs> uh, Rich Guy Hillbilly. Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes is always fantastic. Crowd kind of turned on him a bit here because they, I know they wanted Sokoa.
0: They really uh, like Sokoa. Yeah, they this, this they really like the the Uso. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, I I really I really like that.
0: I, I gotta tell you, Sokoa's not bad, but he's not good.
1: Right. Speaking, he, he's just there. Speaking of bad, this week's NXT UK I did watch while we were waiting because because we had record on Saturday. Dude, this was the week where Lash Legend and Vaughn Wagner and Baby Stevenson make their arrival. We had a 10-minute Lash Legend Supernova sessions. We had Shaw Samuels and Baby Stevenson getting into it. And then we had this World of Darkness match with Mako Satamura and Isla Dawn. Which was basically an anything goes match with the lights turned off and fog machines.
0: Unbelievable. Like, the, the, huh. just the premise of a world of darkness match. Like, you've heard of a dark match. How about a match literally in the dark? Yeah. Uh, Guys, you know how much everyone always speaks fondly of the Jake the Snake blindfold match from WrestleMania years ago? What if the whole crowd could have been blindfolded during that match? How exciting would that have been?
1: (laughs) Everybody else is in the world of darkness, and they can't watch the match. They just have to judge by sound.
0: (laughs) By sound.
1: It's a a Helen Keller.
0: (laughs) The Helen Keller world title.
1: Yeah, I just, I want that because that's such a cringely bad idea that I want someone to do that now. I want like Game Changer Wrestling to have the audience blindfold itself and do a World of Darkness match.
0: (laughs) And the match Uh, is happening in the ring and the wrestlers are calling out what they're doing to each other.
1: I'm about to close on you. (laughs) (laughs) Free Mako Satomura, please free her from these bonds because she is so good still i mean she was great in this match carrying isla dawn who stinks i'm sorry to say that she's, uh, she's
0: hawkins insisted i like isla dawn but you i used I don't, to you like i i did not i did not I, that's never actually been true i mean
1: she's doing sports entertainment but man i'm just like god i cannot stand this thing um yeah so that was sad to watch but um that's all i have for lazy river do you have anything else
0: um uh, you know like if, if we're talking just nxt real quick here um man i i feel like nxt us the only thing worth watching on this show at this point is like the creeds um they're re- like they're actually good um Broadbreaker i think would be in that mix um like you know like look theoretically Broadbreaker and the Creeds as a trio or a faction would be very interesting to me. I think that would, would that could be a lot of fun. Um, not necessarily in this company, but like those three guys would be cool. Um, I you know Roxanne Perez is good, but like Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, Stinky. This Roxanne Perez and Wendy Chu gimmick with Toxic Attraction was ridiculous and it horrible
1: was. I, I and still horrible. I like Wendy Chu though. I do. It's just, but it was just, just not funny. Oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And it, was it wasn't.
0: Just- yeah.
1: Although JC Jane was trying. JC Jane was trying in this me- to be a good sketch com- comic person. She was she
0: was saying like little one liners and stuff, like if you caught like some of her one liners, yes. those were funny. And her
1: reaction was great too, as opposed to Gigi and and, and and but yeah, I mean, she's it, it's sad because she's the one that I view as most likely to get cut out of this trio. And she's, the and best she's one the one
0: who I think is the best she's one by, by a, a cons- right. Yeah. No, you know, Gigi Dolan's who look, but we just have never seen anything from her in the ring. And JC Jane, um, she's good she's yeah. got a personality she's good in ring worker a little uh, you
1: awkward know. at first with the sexy gimmick but now now she's no uh, now she's settled into now she's just like got a little bit of an edge yeah. works totally like works yeah, yeah
0: i, like I do too um but but yeah no i i mean you know god <laughs> joe gacy
1: has druids chris how can we talk about this show
0: i know like and, and like did anyone in the world think joe gacy had a chance of getting this title off of Braun breaker like you know, I I mean it's it's just you.
1: I may watch Impact next week instead. I may just I, no. I I know. I've been having the same reaction
0: where like I I find myself because I know how bad like Raw and NXT are now, really putting them off until we get closer to tape time. Yeah. Like, like they, they are but i
1: forget so much too as you can no
0: no they the they have, they're very forgettable that, that no so they they have regularly been i uh, just just a little inside baseball they regularly moved to like thursday night slash friday morning viewing like while i'm watching like drinking coffee or whatever like i i so i used to watch them later after they taped both nights uh, you know like watch them like you know it you know without the commercials um n- now it's like dude I, it's not like oh man can't wait to fire up nxt in an hour i'm like god i have to watch nxt like i i, I it is it is definitively work for me I, I, and worse still i i find myself just throwing it on in the background yes
1: um which is the and most so when, damp- it's t- when it's time to talk about it and you're like oh i had it on in the background i don't remember
0: anything well, yeah but then like it's the most damning indictment hawkins that i can basically have it on the background have have a level of because like, like what do you want me to do talk about the depth of the irish whips i mean i can do that i can talk about like the mechanics on each one of these clothes lines and that sort of thing but like i mean guys is nxt 2.0 the type of show where you want to actually get granular on like who's doing good irish whips or not no no this is, like, this is a show you half acidly watch uh, because nothing matters. People move in and out. These characters don't matter. Even when you see talent that you like, you don't trust that they're going to be continuously, sustainingly packaged in a way that you can rely on. Joe Gacy's a motivational speaker. Then he's got druids. The Creeds, right now, they're a wrestling team. You know, they might become hillbilly cousins at some point. <laughs> It, 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 this is they'll a become show.
1: Farmers, they'll become
0: farmers. Oh my God! I hope, Hawkins. I should hope not. I nothing, nothing would disgust me more than to see Julius and Brutus Creed repackaged as repugnant, immoral, <laughs> rootless farmers. The scum of the earth. Farmers are. Uh, we'll I hope. I should hope that Brutus and Julius don't face that fate. God, I hate farmers.
1: We'll leave it at that thank you for listening thank you to our sponsor uh hello fresh get 16 free meals
0: no uh, thanks to the farmers up,
1: up to code by using code vow 16 at hellofresh.com slash bow 16 i am jeff hawkins you can follow my antics at crap game 13 on the old interwebs twitter he is chris Novembrino. you can follow him at dwatg i am weekly on the Dynamite show on Fight Game Media, their Patreon, patreon.com slash fight game media, five bucks a month. You get a lot of shows about a lot of different things, but we are part of the voices of wrestling network. Listen to our shows, including the flagship with Joe and Rich, who Chris took a shot at. And I think now we're now we now someone has to die. Probably me in a drive by. Uh, five-star match game music of the mat with our friend andrew rich shout out to andrew always doing good work in addition to other shows about japanese wrestling stardom whatever your granular love of wrestling is voices of wrestling has a show for you in addition to posts on the website blogs by writers who are doing a lot of uh, a lot of in-depth stuff i just did a interview about improv and the guy's writing an article about kenta and his promos so that's going to make its way in eventually somewhere down the road but chris also has plugs to do as he does a show on politics called don't worry about the government
0: yeah don't worry about the government was weekly. I guess it's basically monthly at this point. I think whatever to... he feels no
1: like no no it,
0: no it's like it's it's really it has been dropping at a, like a real steady once a month clip here um I've got my friend Sean Frieder coming on on Wednesday. We're going to talk about a number of different subjects um of course reducing and slashing all agricultural subsidies and taxing all farmland at the rate of 100 percent will be one of the main topics of the show.
1: Yeah. That's that's a selling point right there man. <laughs>
0: it's a new form of progressivism. It's kill all farmers. Um no, we'll be talking about um, Ukraine will be talking about, obviously, uh, the Supreme Court decision that's coming down the pike here, um, slashing Roe versus Wade, where medical liberty stands in America going forward here. A lot of topics to talk about on the next show here. Um, Musk maybe buying Twitter or like, I, I don't know, going to the most fascist governments in the world to get money to create a free speech haven on the internet. So much to talk about and don't worry about the government. You can check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and at patreon.com slash DW. See you
1: next week.